0: Welcome to Season 9 of American Political History, Wars Within Wars, Queen Anne's War. At the start of Queen Anne's War in New England, Canada was the aggressor. On August 10th, 1703, French and Abenaki warriors struck the settlement around the Casio Bay region, killing a dozen and hauling dozens off into captivity. Two months later, they struck Black Point, killing 18. In February 1704, they destroyed the settlement of Deerfield, That is the same Deerfield that we referenced way back when during the King Philip's War. The accounts of the destruction of Deerfield by Reverend John Williams in 1707 would become one of the most publicized events during Queen Anne's War. His accounts would cover the attack, the abduction of the residents of Deerfield, and their 300 mile march to Montreal. His wife died in the attack, his three sons and two daughters would take part in the march. They would eventually survive and reunite in Massachusetts, except for Eunice Williams. Well in captivity in Montreal, she would convert to Catholicism and remarry a Chuganawaga warrior. Thirty-six years later, she would reunite with her family in colonial America, but culturally she was no longer English. Having lived the majority of her life with her native culture, she would choose to return to her native family to live out the remainder of her life. The Massachusetts Assembly responded to these attacks by raising a militia of 500 under the command of Benjamin Church the expedition would deliver retributive strikes against the Abenaki. The expedition traveled north to the coast and managed to capture over a hundred prisoners, but could not pin the Abenaki down into a decisive battle before they retreated into the wilderness. The politics between New England and New York were becoming embittered. Canada and her allies were avoiding attacking New York because they did not want to risk the Iroquois being pulled into the conflict. New York was using this defensive freedom from the war to continue sending their merchants up the St. Lawrence River, trading with Canada and her Algonquian allies. In New England, it was often said, if you wish to find your goods plundered by the French and their allies, you only need to take a trip to Albany and look in the merchant shops there stocked with plunder from New England. The war in the north would mostly be limited to small raids and counterattacks until 1707 when Governor Dudley and the Massachusetts Assembly approved the funds for a large expedition to attack Port Royal Acadia. The expedition of 1,100 militia under the command of John March sailed for Acadia on May 13, 1707. The expedition landed outside the settlement, where it began to attempt a siege, but the untrained militia did not have the discipline or patience to hold the siege for long. Within a few days, the militia was borderline mutinous. John March convened a council of officers, where they decided the best action would be to retreat back to New England. When they returned, the officers were court-martialed and given prison terms for cowardice. New York had been interested in fighting the French, just not protecting New England. In 1708, Samuel Vetch, the son-in-law of powerful Robert Livingston of New York, had convinced Whitehall, after two years of lobbying, that the colonists could do nothing in the war without military aid from England and a successful attack on Quebec would leave the whole of Canada for the crown. Whitehall agreed, and their plans were for the colonies to raise a militia of 2,500, while England would provide six warships to conduct an attack on Quebec. Samuel Vetch was given a commission as colonel and promised the governorship of Canada when it was taken. When he returned with the news, Colonel Vetch was able to raise 1,500 militia from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, along with 1,000 militia from New England, fulfilling his quota for Whitehall the militia encamped at Albany, waiting for word from the English Navy to conduct their march to Quebec. June passed, then July, then August. Finally, in October, Colonel Vetch received word from Whitehall that the warships for the expedition had been laid aside, and he was provided no other explanation. He would later come to find out that the decision to lay aside those warships had actually been made during the prior May, Whitehall had found it in unimportant detail to inform him or colonial officials of the change of plans. After realizing that they were not getting any support from England, the colonial militia could not come to an agreement on the goals of their own expedition, so the militias were disbanded and the men returned home. Two years later, in 1710, Colonel Vetch would organize a colonial expedition which would attack and siege Port Royal Acadia. The French garrison would surrender, and the town of Port Royal would be renamed Annapolis Royal. Vetch would assume governorship of its 500 inhabitants. In 1711, English elections would switch the parties in control of Parliament. The new party was looking for military conquest to bolster its election resume, and they looked across the Atlantic at Quebec, and the possibility of conquering all of Canada for the crown. Whitehall now offered to pay the colonies if they could muster a militia force to attack Quebec. In June 1711, six hundred warships of various sizes, under the command of Admiral Hovenden, carried a British army of five thousand regulars, who were under the command of John Hill. North America had never seen a military force of this size. Unfortunately, Admiral Hovenden disliked the very concept of his assignment in North America, and he was pessimistic of any favourable results for England. General Hill had no particular opinions because this was his first assignment as a commander of an English army, and both men were immediately offended by colonial assemblies' temperament towards them, and their insistent bickering amongst each other. High-ranking, English military men expected enthusiasm and obedient helpfulness from the colonies. The colonial assemblies were quickly impatient when dealing with English arrogance and Whitehall's empty promises. This situation would lead to a massive expedition, which was simply going through the motions of war, rather than fighting for victory. On July 30th, 1711, the expedition set sail for Quebec. At the mouth of the St. Lawrence River, there was a thick fog and contrary winds, and no one thought to bring a navigator who was experienced at sailing the St. Lawrence River. The sailing vessels would tack back and forth on the river's currents and winds, making little headway until the transport ships began to beach on the rocky banks of the river. Somewhere around 1,000 British regulars and sailors would die in this epic blunder. A council of officers was, was called. Governor Hill wished to proceed with the attack, but Admiral Hovenden said that the ignorance of the navigators made it impractical to travel up the St. Lawrence River. Samuel Vetch, who was on board the flagship, offered to personally navigate the ships, but was ignored. General Hill, now understood that it was the admiral's decision to retreat and his army would not take any of the blame, reversed his opinion and agreed with the admiral's assessment for retreat. The English expedition would sail back to London. When the colonial militia received word of the retreat of the English expedition, the sentiment was disappointment, frustration, and anger and it came with no satisfaction for the colonial Americans that Admiral Hovenden would be dismissed from the English Navy for his actions on the St. Lawrence River. Canada and New England were now burdened with debt from this war. They bolstered their defenses and bided their time until the war was over. There would be no major battles for the next six years until finally a peace treaty was signed between England and France. In the terms of the peace, England would recognize Philip V as the rightful king of Spain, France agreed once again not to disrupt the Protestant line of succession in England, and some small islands in the West Indies were exchanged. England secured its right as asiento, or Licensed Slave Dealer, to Spanish colonies, guaranteeing English merchants the monopoly rights to sell 4,800 African slaves to Spanish colonies per year. Meaningfully, for the future events in North America, France would immediately begin the construction of a massive new fort to protect Quebec, The fort would sit at the mouth of the St. Lawrence River and be named Fort Louisburg. Casualties in Queen Anne's War were relatively light due to the fact that most of the battles were little more than mobilizations. 50 French were killed, 200 New Englanders, and 150 Carolinians. The greatest loss by far was the 1,000 English regulars and sailors that were killed on the rocks of the St. Lawrence River. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Political History. If you want to support the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating, and share this show with someone you think would enjoy listening. Thank you again, and until next time.